0: Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who is accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. Before we start this episode, a quick word about another Crime Story Media production. October 2014. Was David Martinez responsible for killing Pomona SWAT officer Sean Diamond? That's at the heart of Night Raid, a new podcast from Crime Story Media. Subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast. On our last episode, we concluded our examination of the testimony of Colleton County Police Sergeant Daniel Green, the first responder to the crime scene. On this installment, we look at the testimony of Corporal Chad McDowell, a canine handler for the Colleton County Sheriff, who is also an early responder to the location of the Murdoch murders. That's all coming up right after the break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? It is January 26, 2023, the second day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Prosecutor Creighton Waters calls Corporal Chad McDowell to the stand. McDowell has brown hair, cut short on the sides, with a full beard. He wears a dark suit with a yellow tie and a white shirt. Again, Waters begins his questioning by taking the witness through a series of biographical questions.
1: Tell the
2: jury uh, where you work please
3: i work for college county sheriff's office as right. a, i'm assigned to the road patrol as a canine handler
2: okay and can you just give us a quick background of who you are where you grew up and how you ended up in your career in law enforcement
3: sure i grew up in collington county went to collington county high school went to college at tri-county technical college where i studied criminal justice once i reached age i came home was hired by Colleton County Sheriff's Office, uh, left for a couple of years to go work for Jasper County and then came back to Colleton. I've been assigned to road patrol at Colleton.
2: And when, what year did you first start working for Colleton County Sheriff's Department or began your law enforcement career?
3: 2016.
2: What's your current, you're a corporal now, is that correct? Yes, sir. And what is your current assignment? What what are your duties? I'm
3: still assigned to road patrol. I'm a canine alum.
2: You say canine. Explain to the jury what that is.
3: So, i have a canine that is assigned to me. We respond to certain calls for, if we're requested by another deputy, for narcotics searches, searches for suspects, things of that matter.
2: All right. right, canine is a dog, correct? That's correct. All right. What's your dog's name? Evo. Evo? What kind of dog is Evo? He's a Belgian Malamar. Malamar? Uh, yep. Is that kind of like a German Shepherd? Kind of, short uh, haired, pointy ears. Is uh, Evo typically with you when you're out on patrol? Yes, sir. Uh, was Evo with you uh, the night of June 7th, 2021? Yes, sir. Uh, were you a corporal then at that time?
3: No, sir. I was a deputy.
2: Who was on the squad that you were on?
3: Uh, Sergeant Daniel Green, Corporal Elise Janicki, myself, and Deputy Pruitt, Cody Pruitt.
2: And so who was your immediate supervisor? It would have been Corporal Janicki. Okay. And then above that is? Sergeant, Sergeant Green. All right. And then above that? Lieutenant Eddles. All right. And then above that? Captain Krauss. What shift were you were you working the night of June seventh, twenty 2021? Yes, sir, I was. And I was in Collison County? Yes, sir. And uh, what shift were you working that night? Night shift. Did you ultimately respond... a call for service at 4147 Moselle Road? Yes, sir. And you actually went there? I did. And did you come to the incident location at the kennels at that property at 4147 Moselle Road? I did. Is that in Colleton County? It is. When you arrived, what other first responders were on scene to your recollection?
3: Sergeant Green was there. There was one other fire rescue personnel vehicle in there. I believe the rest were staged, best I can remember. When I say staged, I mean at the head of the driveway. There may have been a couple of other apparatuses on the scene.
2: And which, uh, do you recall which driveway you entered? Did you enter the driveway near the kennels? where you came the Yes, kennel? sir.
3: It, it was the same driveway everyone else entered.
2: So you were parked behind de- uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Green's?
3: Green. Yes, sir.
2: What did you do after that?
3: After you got out of your vehicle, what did you do? I approached the crime scene. I was trying to make my way to Sergeant Green to see what he needed me to do. I made my way through the crime scene as carefully as I could. I approached Sergeant Green, saw that he was interviewing the only person on scene, so I went back to my vehicle.
2: And did you see who he was interviewing?
3: Uh, Mr. Murdoch, yes sir.
2: Do you see him in the courtroom here today? Yes sir. Can you point him out? Yes sir, he's in the middle, navy blue suit.
0: Creighton Waters next introduces Corporal McDowell's body cam video into evidence, and before he starts playing the footage, he asks McDowell.
2: Let me ask you this, when you got this call for service, were you currently on another uh, call for service or are you just out on patrol? No sir, I was just out on patrol.
0: Prosecutor Waters fast-forwards through the first 10 minutes of the footage, which includes Corporal McDowell driving to the crime scene. Once the footage shows the vehicle arriving at the Murdoch property, Waters resumes the video. As the officer opens his cruiser door, we see the now-familiar dog kennels on his left, where Paul Murdoch was discovered.
2: Are these the uh, kennels that you saw when you arrived at the uh, property? Yes, sir. And to the right is sort of the shed or the hangar, is that correct? That's correct. Let me ask you this. You're obviously serving as a road patrol officer, is that correct? Yes, sir. Do you, uh, what is your job as a road patrol officer as a first responder when you come upon a scene like this? What is your particular role as you arrive at something
3: like this? We go on the scene, we secure the scene, meaning make sure there's no active threat for other arriving first responders. We'll preserve the scene to the best of our ability and then turn the scene over to arriving detectives.
2: When you arrive at a scene like this, are you constantly not only paying attention for any threat or anything like that, but also making sure that you don't disturb any any sort of evidence that may be uh, at the scene? Yes, sir. Is that part of your general training and standard operating procedure? It is. You also have to couple that, though, with the duties of a first responder, which is to get to that scene, to secure it, make sure there's no active threats, and get it under control. Is that correct? That's correct. So the duties of a first responder have both of those sort of balancing together. Is that right? Yes, sir. But are you constantly always looking around for evidence, not only to identify it, but also to assure that you don't disturb anything? Is that your general yeah, do, right?
0: Defense attorney Dick Harpudlian rises, objecting to Creighton Waters leading the witness. Judge Clifton Newman admonishes Waters not to lead the witness.
2: Uh, What is your general uh, training as a road officer as it relates to coming upon a scene uh, and looking for evidence?
3: Our number one duty would be safety. Number two, we're looking for
1: evidence so as not to disturb it. Thank you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: Creighton Waters resumes Corporal McDowell's body cam footage and the jury sees McDowell walk under the shelter structure across from the kennels. And, as the video goes past the end of the shelter, we can see that McDowell is approaching Sergeant Daniel Green and Alex Murdoch. As Waters asks the witness questions, he stops and starts the video.
2: Right there to the right. What is that?
3: It'd be Miss Murdoch's body. Murdoch. Mar-
1: Mar- 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 Mar-
2: who are those individuals right there?
3: Sergeant Green and Mr. Murdoch.
1: How
2: you doing? What did the defendant say to you right
3: there? He said, how are you doing? Did you know him? No, sir. How you doing? That's what he said? Yes, sir. What's your birthday? I'm OK. 15
0: um,
2: And what's your son's first name? You said
0: Paul? Paul, Terry, Murdoch. And
2: what's
1: his birthday? Um, four. What are they, covering him up? Tell them you didn't have to do that.
0: McDowell's body cam moves away from Sergeant Green and Alex Murdoch and back toward the bodies of Maggie and Paul. He approaches the fire and rescue officer who presides over the shrouding of Paul's body and passes along Sergeant Green's request not to shroud the bodies, but nevertheless a sheet is placed over Paul's corpse. He's
3: asked that if we don't have to disturb anything, not to. We've got Flynn on the way.
2: Yeah, what were you asking uh, fire and rescue to do at that point
3: just to try to preserve it the best they could if they didn't
2: but what were you specifically asking them not to do cover the bodies if they didn't have to what was their response
3: though I couldn't make it out I believe he said we're covering them for family responding I couldn't make it out he's asked that if we don't have to disturb anything not to we've got on the way
0: Sled is an acronym of South Carolina's State Law Enforcement Division. You recall now?
3: Again, it sounds like he says we're gonna gonna cover him up because of the family being here. There's a family being here. That's what it sounds like. Alright. Alright. Back
2: through here, we'll land this way here. Yes, I agree. I
1: that's supposed to Hey,
2: Cody, I need a piece of that tape. What did you just ask Cody for? A piece of tape, a piece who of crime you? scene tape. All right, and who was Cody?
3: Uh, Deputy Pruitt. He's the one that you see there with the yellow crime scene tape.
2: And why did you ask Deputy Pruitt for some crime scene tape?
3: I had observed a shell casing on the ground. I wanted to mark it so that it didn't become disturbed.
2: General Duties, as an officer, you observed something and you asked for some tape to mark it. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And that's what you were previously describing your role is. Is that correct? Yes, sir.
3: Yeah, if y'all don't mind, just uh, mark them. Do
2: what? Okay. They're got a casing right here, so I step. Okay. That casing that you saw, did you recognize what kind of ammunition it was? Yes, sir. What kind of ammunition was it?
3: 300 blackout casing.
2: And how could you tell it was a 300 blackout casing?
3: Just my own personal experience. I own a 300 blackout, and I recognize it.
2: You recognize the case from your own experience? Yes, sir. All right. 300 blackout. Did you observe any dogs in the kennels? I did. Do you remember how many or where they were?
3: I do not remember.
2: More than one dog though?
3: I don't remember. They've got they said they had several casings by her body, but this one will be a little bit harder later, so
2: I want to mark it real fast. Okay. When you mark that casing, were you careful not to disturb its location where it where you found it?
3: Yes, sir. i placed a the tape beside it and then placed the rock on top so that it wouldn't blow away.
2: Why are there so many shell casings and only one? But.
1: Uh,
2: Sorry to do that to everyone. Well, what was that loud noise? It's just my windshield wipers. And why why was it making that noise? They had removed all the moisture, I
3: guess. I don't see anybody. Gotta see a couple more I found some. Yeah. Yeah. figure out why it's three under blackout. Trying to figure out why there's so many shell casings, but only one gunshot into the back of each head. Not my job that I'm just curious.
0: In this portion of the video, McDowell is speaking with Deputy Cody Pruitt.
3: I, I only saw one more casing, but just in case I see more, he, Daniel put his car in there. So, no. This is, uh, I'll tell you about this in a minute. Uh, there's one there. There's blood over here. you looking at shell casings? 300 blackout. Sheriff?
2: Those cases that you were marking right there, did you at all disturb the locations where you saw them? No, sir. Is it your job to be doing a crime scene collection for this case, or are you just doing that to assist those who will do that that will arrive at a later time?
3: No, sir. I don't collect anything. I'm just marking it so that, it, so that they're
2: not disturbed. Yeah, those will be easy to
3: find. I was just marking a couple that were in, in the gravel. that might be harder to see at some point. You all familiar with this family? Uh, I wasn't I until you know, they saw I'll we'll fill you good. in later. I don't think there's going to be anything for me and Evo to do here. What did you just say right there? I don't think there's going to be anything for me and Evo to do here. Right. What did you mean by that? There was no article search that needed to be conducted right then and there. Putting Evo on the ground could have caused more of a disturbance than just leaving him up. You said for Evo to do? Yeah, for me yes. and Evo. Please watch your door. Hey, watch the step. step. It's going to be retaliation from family. He did have a phone
1: on the road. I told him.
0: Waters next puts up Sergeant Green's body cam footage, which was previously introduced as evidence when Green was on the stand.
2: I'm gonna uh, now show you a portion of what's been previously admitted to evidence as Exhibit 1. And for the record, I'm starting it at, at 4227. Who's that to the right of the screen right there? That would be me. All right, and uh, what are you about to do?
3: Step inside and assist CID with
2: lifting okay. that sheet. All right, and were you asked to do that? yes sir and who asked you to do that captain chapman all right and where's captain chapman in this image in the middle and is he a senior officer to you at that time okay and i noticed before you moved what did you do turned my light on and why did you turn on your light
3: so that i could plainly see what was underneath me where i was going
2: did you uh disturb any any evidence or anything as you started to go into the feed room no sir were you careful to avoid doing that Yes, sir. Did you kick any shell casings or waddings or anything like that when you went into the feed room? No, sir. Did you step on any bloody free footprints when you went into the feed room? No, sir. If you had seen something like that before you stepped in there, what would you have done?
3: I would have stopped and notified the detective.
2: Do you recall what, if anything, was uh, laying on Paul's rear end? his cell phone or a cell phone. Is that it in this image right here? Yes, sir. I haven't asked the dad about the phone, but he did say he came over and checked the pulses. Beyond that, I don't know what He did have to with I have secured that Did you kind of jump out of the feed room just then? Yes, sir. Did you turn on your light before you did so? I believe so. Watch it again. Did you jump out when you left the feed room? Yes, sir. And why did you jump out like that? I try not to disturb the body. It was easier to leap out than to try to step. Did you uh, enter the feed room at any point after that, to your recollection? Not to my recollection.
0: Waters concludes his direct examination of Corporal McDowell by showing him a series of photographs.
2: Show you what's been marked as defense exhibit number one and see if you recognize this particular image. Yes, sir. Is that how you found Paul when you arrived at the scene? Yes, sir. And were his hands underneath him in that fashion when you arrived at the scene? Yes, sir. Your are right. Have state exhibit seven, uh, believe Did I believe, um, yeah. without objection. Know? Without objection. Show me what's been marked as exhibit seven and see if you recognize that image.
3: Yes, sir. And what is that? It's a still image of video of my body worn camera.
2: Is that a still image of when the, the defendant said, How you
1: do doing? You walked
0: up? Yes, sir. Waters returns to the prosecution table and Judge Newman invites Dick Harpudlian to cross examine the witness.
1: When you got to the scene, who was your supervisor? Sergeant Green. Sergeant Green. And I believe Sergeant Green was instructing all to put some yellow tape up. You did some of that? No, sir. You didn't me
3: that? Deputy okay. Pruitt, yes, but I didn't. Well, what was
1: Were you there to apprehend somebody?
3: Not at the time, no, sir. I was just there to assist where needed.
1: Assist doing what?
3: Whatever was needed of me.
1: Were you all attempting to determine what happened?
3: We there as initial responders were there to secure the scene.
1: And secure the scene for further processing by Sled?
3: By our investigators. I, I learned later on that Sled was responding as well.
1: So let me, by way of example, um, you went down to where Paul's body was. It was covered with a sheet. You see that on the video. Correct.
3: Not when I initially responded, but yes, sir. No, no, but the video I, when you saw Yes, sir.
1: What was the rope? Was there a purpose of going down there and pulling the sheet back, looking around it?
3: I believe they were looking for another weapon.
1: What kind of weapon?
3: I believe they were looking for a 300 blackout.
1: But I mean, we saw in the picture, if you look at Paul's body, there's no three, 300 blackout laying next
3: to him, correct? Yes, you are correct. No, there was no 300 blackout laying beside him.
1: Okay, so you say you're down there looking for another weapon. Where were you looking for another weapon?
3: I wasn't, sir. I was assisting lifting the sheet for detectives.
1: And you can see you stepped into the feed room? Yes, sir. And based on the way Paul was laying, of course, you did have a flashlight and you were looking, try not to step on anything. Did you have anything insulating your feet in some jurisdictions? They have little baggy things to put over their feet to make sure they don't contaminate the scene. Did you have those on?
3: No, sir. When you stepped
1: in, you got a flashlight. What you were looking at with the visible eye, you are determining you weren't disturbing the scene, correct?
3: That's correct. You made
1: an effort not to. Yes, sir. You don't know whether you did or you didn't? To my knowledge, I did not. But you can't say that you did to your knowledge? To my knowledge, I did not disturb anything. Okay. But you would see there's microscopic evidence sometimes of crime scenes, correct? Yes, sir, that's possible. And you didn't have a microscope? No, sir. But the, like SWEM's crime team would look very closely, would they not? They would not. I mean, as far as I could tell, you were looking basically three or four feet away from the floor, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So what you can see with the naked eye at night with a flashlight from three or four feet what you base your opinion, you didn't disturb anything. That's correct. Now, and you don't know why they were looking for another weapon, but you don't know whether, what other weapon, you don't know where that weapon might have been, and uh, again, most of that people had seen body before he was covered with a sheet, right? Myself, Sergeant Green did. Okay. all. In, in your presence, the other officers with with you there that night, did any of them discuss this as a possible murder or mm-hmm. was It's possible it's,
3: not to my recollection.
1: Now, when you were going out and we saw you mark a shell casing, was that in the grass or on the on the uh, dirt road?
3: I believe the first one was in gravel.
1: In the gravel, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, but you found others, right? Yes, sir. And to do that, you had to walk around in the grass? Yes, sir. Okay. And again, you've got a flashlight, you're looking, and you don't know what was in the grass that you may have disturbed around those shell casings. No, sir. You don't know? No, sir. You may have disturbed something. It's possible. And I guess what I'm trying to ask is why then were you trying to look for shell cases? Why couldn't you wait till the next morning? Why why was this urgency? I mean, was somebody getting away or I mean I don't quite understand why.
3: I can't answer that. I don't know I didn't know if somebody was getting away or not.
1: Did somebody instruct you to go find shell cases? No sir. You just did it on your own initiative. Yes, sir. And you concede that you may have disturbed and destroyed evidence in that process?
3: Microscopic or something I didn't see. Well,
1: microscopic something down in the grass. I mean, you're walking on grass, right? Uh, Yes, sir. Smooth surface like in the in the shed in the the, uh, feed, feed room. But it's grass at night. Correct? Yes, sir. And I guess what I'm trying to wonder is what y'all were doing? Were you trying to solve a crime? Were you trying to just index everything that was there? And, and uh, when did you find out sled was coming?
3: There were multiple units I was seeing, right. the sheriff's office as well as fire rescue. Right. The reason that I saw urgency to mark those shell casings is so that it brings awareness to those of us that were walking around and they don't become disturbed.
1: Well, that brings up the question, should you have been walking around? What do you, what, if you've got two dead people, whoever the perpetrator was, At that point, y'all hadn't identified, had you? No, sir. So the perpetrator may be in the woods across, across the street, as far as you know, at that point, right? Could have been anywhere. Right. So you're not trying to solve a crime. You're processing a scene.
3: I'm not processing anything.
1: You don't know what you're doing.
3: I just told you what I was doing,
1: sir. You're marking pieces of evidence. Yes, sir. And the urgency to do that was so that no one else would walk over? Yes, sir. While you're walking around? Around. Yes, sir. Well... You don't know whether you actually stepped on one or not, do you? I was very careful not to. Now let me also ask you this: the pattern of the first shell casing was how far away from the feed room? I, I can't so, say. So you found
3: the first shell casing. I found. Yeah. I'm not sure. Ten feet, twenty feet, more than me <clears throat> further. Probably about the same distance from me to you.
1: From the feed room door? Yes, sir. Now um, I understand. A, you got a blackout, right? Yes, sir. And when you fire that, does it eject to the right or the left? to the right mind us. So if the feed room is where I am, that shell casing ejected to the right, right and forward, right and back. It would have been forward and right of the door. And there was a pattern of casings leading. Do they all lead to her body? I can't remember. Did you sketch where you found them?
3: No, sir. I did not do a crime scene sketch.
1: Have you ever done a crime scene sketch? No, sir. Tell me your training in crime scene processing.
3: It's very basic limits of what you would get at the criminal justice
1: academy very, very basic. yes sir so you're not a crime scene processor again I, and i'm not asking this question repetitively i'm just trying to puzzle it out you don't know what your role was there
3: i was a first responder
1: well they were dead Paul and Maggie. right you couldn't render them any aid your honor i would object uh, no question in that statement is there a question? Could you have rendered them aid, were they in a in a physical condition where your assistance would have helped? No, sir. They were dead, correct? Are you asking? Yes, sir.
0: Harpoodleian next replays footage from Corporal McDowell's body cam video and periodically pauses to ask the witness questions.
1: Okay, let me show you a couple of these clips and ask about them. Okay, this is you walking and these are the dog pens over here to the left, correct? Yes, sir. On, right in front of that, one of the dog pans is a hose that is neatly coiled around something holding the hose, right?
3: That's what it looks like. Okay.
1: Go ahead. How you doing? Uh, this, Mr. Waters asked you about this a moment ago when he said, how you doing when somebody walked up. You would concede to me, well, for that one whip, he appears to be distraught over the death of his wife and son. He
3: appeared visibly upset.
1: Yes. Okay, other than this... How you doing, sort of that, right? Correct. Okay, also, we see him in a T-shirt and a pair of shorts, correct? Yes, sir. I've looked at your report and everybody that encountered him that night. No report indicates any blood visible on him. You would agree with that?
3: I didn't observe any. What? I did not observe any.
1: it's a white shirt. Yes, sir. If you noted blood on him, you would, have made a, you would have put that in your notes or reported that to somebody, right? Yes, sir.
0: Harpudlian allows the footage to play until it again arrives at the moment where McDowell is speaking with Deputy Cody Pruitt. Three hundred You apparently determining the shell casing you found
1: is a three hundred buck, correct?
3: The one that i marked, yes, sir. The,
1: the, the one that was in the gravel. Yes, sir. I have no further
3: questions. Creighton Waters rises for
0: a brief redirect.
2: Are you a first responder? Yes, sir. Your first job is safety, correct? Yes, sir. Second job is, is to check the scene. Is that correct?
1: Objection We okay.
2: Tell me what your job is as a first responder argument.
3: Yes, sir, we secure the scene, make sure there's no current threat for additional first responders. We then secure the scene, make sure that nobody comes in that's not supposed to, so that we preserve any evidence that's there.
2: It's part of your training to avoid disturbing the scene as best you can. Yes, sir. Still paying attention to your primary role. Yes, sir. As part of your training, and your experience and what you try to do is if you do see Project, evidence, your Honor, I'll rephrase your If you are on scene and you do see evidence while you were there, what is your standard operating pr- uh, procedure in that event? I would mark it. And why do you do that?
3: Just to bring awareness to it so that it's not disturbed.
2: It's your job to be a crime scene investigator? No, sir. You're just marking that? I'll rephrase. You were asked earlier about apprehending any suspects was mr murdoch ever in custody
3: no sir not to my recollection
2: to your observation was he allowed to move freely yes sir was he allowed to interact with people who came to talk to him yes sir was he ever placed in the back of a police car
3: not that i'm aware of
2: never put in handcuffs no sir was he being treated as a suspect when you were there not that i'm aware of nothing further wrong nothing further on thank you you may
0: step down And with the conclusion of Corporal McDowell's testimony, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we look at the testimonies of several other members of the Colleton County Sheriff's Department who helped manage the response to the Murdoch property, including the fire and rescue responder who first examined the bodies of the victims. Also, check out the new Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our jury duty crime story Patreon page.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.